0: This is The Blood Doctor Show. On a Monday, a post-Christmas Monday heading into the New Year's with so much going on. So much in terms of the Clippers losing by a million points. So here's the thing. I sat here and I came on this show. And I have trashed Paul George and talked about all the negative things that he has done. And then I talked about how Devin Booker was going to be better for the next five years, which I still believe to be true. And then I talked about how Paul George was playing so well that he deserved to be in the MVP discussion. And then he lost by 50. So that's what the weekend was like for me and paul george i know that you might be saying well that's significantly more of a paul george problem than a you problem but i disagree because everyone already hates paul george but i don't know how many people hate me and i would just appreciate if i could keep that number down because i really don't want to be hated as much as paul george is hated because here's the thing Paul George isn't just hated by, like, Clippers fans and basketball fans. Let's remember, Paul George is the person who cheated on Doc Rivers' daughter with the stripper. I believe he got that stripper pregnant. Then demanded a trade to Doc Rivers' team. Where, presumably, Doc Rivers' daughter had an issue with Doc Rivers acquiring the man who cheated on her. I mean, all of the family dynamics of the Rivers family. Has anyone ever sat down and mapped it out? From Doc to Austin, and Paul to Callie, and then Steph, eventually marrying Callie? Excuse me, Seth? Steph Curry did not marry Callie, but Seth Curry did. All of the NBA dynamics are ridiculous. I had a whole plan... To start this show with a particular rant, and this isn't even the one. But I, I think that's the strength of this show is that you might come in expecting rant A. You might be a person who was participating in the production of the show and you might come in with the idea of rant A. But it will be rant B. That's the whole point. That's everything that goes on. That's the whole reason that this is the most popular show on Instagram. You might say it's not, but you literally can't prove it. Because you don't actually have access to Instagram's viewer data. You might say, I work for Instagram and I do, but I don't believe you. So, in the NBA news world, there was so much that happened. From Christmas on, some of that has been discussed here. Considering the fact that I did a Christmas Day show. But post that, a lot of interesting things has happened. The most interesting thing in my mind, the one that I find to be, I want to call this the best news I've heard in the NBA in the while and in a while. And that is Percy Miller, P. Miller, Master P for those old school no limit fans is negotiating with Baron Davis to buy Reebok. Now, number one on the agenda, if you don't like no limit, I hate you. If you don't know No Limit, I'm going to give you a pass one time. But No Limit is probably one of the most underrated rap labels of all times. The new No Limit is equally underrated. Those of you who are like, I know No Limit, but what is the new No Limit? That's my point. So, Percy Miller, he who many times made basketball rosters. This man played for the Raptors, at least in the preseason. He made many CBA teams. Master P, not only an elite rapper, but actually a good basketball player. For all the dudes who were rappers and basketball players, like, there are tons of basketball players who rapped after becoming famous. But how many dudes became famous as rappers and then actually made it to professional basketball? Percy Miller. Is the answer to that question. Master fucking P. mister make Him Make-Em-Say-On himself. And he and Baron Davis. One of the first dudes. To sort of exit the league for making films. Before Kobe rest in peace. They want to buy Reebok. And this is a fantastic idea. And I'm going to tell you why this is a fantastic idea. Because black lives matter. Do those things connect? You might ask yourself. And the answer is yes. We have a league. Which is. Especially amongst the superstar talent, a majority of black players. Yes, there's Luka Doncic. Yes, there's Chris Daps, There are many great white players. I understand that. Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson, Joe Harris. I understand that. Kyle Corver, blah, blah, blah. The simple fact of the matter is that the league is powered mostly by black players. And yet somehow the league is also powered mostly by white coaches and white general managers, and white scouts, and white executives, and white owners. And here's the thing. Number one, we literally shouldn't even use the word owner in the NBA anymore. At this point, the word owner, in reference to professional black athletes, is essentially a slur. It's wrong. We shouldn't be using it. Because it's not what goes on. These guys are managing partners. And that's how they should be described. The word owner literally needs to be retired. So, blunt doctor show directive right now, or blunt doctor show executive order, whatever you want to call it, the word owner, stricken from this podcast forever. We won't use it. We will use managing partner because that's exactly what these guys are. They've invested into a professional sports franchise. They've been designated as the person who's going to make the majority of decisions. They are a managing partner. They're not an owner. That word is a... Again, it's a slur. It's slang. It's horrible. You shouldn't use it. It makes no sense. So, when I see a league dominated by black players, but dominated also by white executives, and then I see two people who are known for disrupting those industries coming together and say, hey we're going to buy this sort of failing brand and we're going to bring it to the next level. That's the kind of thing that should occur. But it shouldn't just occur at Reebok. It should occur in many places. This league does simply not have enough black executives, black coaches, black managing partners. They just don't. How is it possible that the majority of people who play the game of basketball are black. The majority of people who play the game of basketball at an extremely high level are black, but the majority of people who somehow understand or can coach or can be executives are white. That makes literally no sense. It literally makes no sense. And it's, there's simply too much racism in the NBA. There's too much racism in football. There's just too much racism in all of sports. And the more that we can support people of color taking executive roles, we should do that. And this is not to say, I'm not trying to sit here and white people can't coach, white people can't be, I'm not trying to say that. But in what world does it make sense that the majority who Of people who play the game of basketball or one race, and those people can't even get coaching jobs or coaching interviews or executive interviews after their career, that literally makes no sense. The people who have participated in the game the most are not qualified to participate in coaching the game. <laughs> it makes literally no sense, and it simply doesn't matter. How anyone feels or what anyone thinks or what white America, blah, 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 MAGA, bullshit, none of this matters. It is 1000% true by any measure that in terms of management, in terms of coaching, representation from people of color is far too low, especially in a sport that is dominated by people of color excelling at that. Steve Nash can walk into a job as a head coach. But Chauncey Billups has to negotiate over and over to find the right situation. Why is that? Chauncey has a title. Steve doesn't. I love Steve Nash. I really do. But why is Chauncey Billups questioned as a person who should be an executive or should be a coach or should be whatever position he's in? Why is he going through multiple interviews to even get that level when Steve Nash walks into the job? There are uncomfortable truths that people don't want to deal with. And one of those truths is that the higher levels of basketball are unfortunately infiltrated with good old boys' racism That should have been replaced a long time ago. And it's not. And the fact that in the year 2020. Almost the year 2021. Percy Miller and Baron Davis buying Reebok. And reinvigorating Reebok. The fact that that's news is pretty embarrassing. It shouldn't be news. The reason that that should be news. Is that the dude who wrote. Make him say uh. In like 1998. Is buying a shoe company. That's the reason it should be news. It should not be news because a black-owned business is getting involved in the NBA. Quite frankly, that's embarrassing. And I don't mean that it's embarrassing that a black-owned business is getting involved. I mean, it's embarrassing that the NBA isn't completely soaked in black-owned businesses. This is a black-person-driven league. Why? It's literally embarrassing as a white person to sit here and watch the number of jobs that are just given to white people as a function of someone that you know. It's not right. And I don't care how anyone feels about listening to me say these things. If this stuff makes you uncomfortable as a white person, you're part of the problem. And I don't mean to say that you believe evil things or anything, but if you can't understand the fact that there is significant racism Within all of professional sports, especially basketball and football, I don't know what to tell you. So, all of those things being said, it is exciting to me that Master P is coming back to basketball and coming back to entertainment in general. It is exciting to me that Baron Davis, who has directed films, who has had a great career in basketball, that he has a visionary idea for what to do with Reebok. These two guys are awesome. And this is a great idea and we need to see more of that. And that's my sort of rant of the day. And I'm sure that that makes certain people uncomfortable and I'm sure that it's difficult for some people to hear, but it's just the truth. We need to make sure that we just, we, we can't, the NBA is all about social justice The NBA is all about Black Lives Matter, and we simply can't ignore those things when it comes to hiring, when it comes to management. You just can't. Let's switch to a lighter mood. And joining me now for a lighter mood is... We discussed what I should call you, but I, my fiancé, my girlfriend, my wifey... Brittany. <laughs> did you
1: say
0: I said wifey. I said it. <laughs> you did. Uh, well, this is the basketball world, and that is just a very commonly used term. The love of my life, Mrs. BDRX, the blunt doctor wife. She won't tweet, but she has a Twitter account. I'm
1: not big on social
0: media. You're not a big on social media person. Here's the fun part. I said that you were going to be joining me on the show today. And I said, it's exciting that she'll join me. Maybe she'll tweet. I bet she won't.
1: I don't think I even know the password. The,
0: oh, I, okay. The best part is I knew you were going to say, I don't even know the password. I, I like, I wish I had written it down. I wish I had written it down because I knew you were going to say, I don't even know the password to the account anymore. I knew that would, I truly knew and that would be occur. Honest,
1: I don't know what email it's under either.
0: I know. But I probably, I probably set it up for you. You're not a, you're not a social media person. Yeah, that's true. It's just not your thing.
1: Nope.
0: It's never been. That's okay. What is her thing?
1: This girl's right here. Is (laughs)
0: is our dog who is in studio with us? Who? Let's be fair. Pretty well behaved dog to be in studio and not making noise, and she's not so far. Good girl. Good girl.
1: She's just so happy that she's, like, in my lap. Laugh.
0: <laughs> my favorite part is that everyone on Instagram Live right now only sees me. Yeah. So there's a very beautiful woman and a gorgeous dog. They don't see that. They see me in my unkempt beard. This is a quarantine beard, Instagram. In any case, news. Some things happened this weekend. And some of it is worth talking about, and there's a million things to dive into, but my least favorite thing that occurred, and I think everyone's least favorite thing that occurred, Ja Morant, super hurt. He was literally rolled off the court in a wheelchair tonight. Yeah. Injuries are literally my worst favorite thing. Like, I don't care if I'm playing your team in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, you want to play the other team when they're at their, like... If they're not at their full health, how do you know that you're actually the best?
0: Exactly. Like, I know that's such a... I want to beat you at your best. Just truthfully. If I'm battling the best team, and there's some sort of... Well, they're missing half of their roster from... it. I mean, maybe it doesn't mean less in the annals of history and all. I I don't know. But when I'm battling in those... When you're, when you're in the depths of the game, you want to beat everyone at their best. It's just how it goes as a competitor. And so it sucks that John Moran is hurt. They did the, um, I think they x-rayed his ankle. Nothing broken. No fracture. Now they're going to MRI it tomorrow. Hopefully he's okay, but could be a significant ankle sprain. The Grizzlies were really hoping to make I mean, if you're a Grizzlies fan, you were expecting to make the playoffs this season. I don't think that that was realistic, but I think that that's what Grizzlies fans were expecting. So now we run into one of those scenarios that's tough because, and again, I don't know the injury. And it's probably not too serious. There's not a fracture. There are still possibilities. You're the medical expert. I mean, with an ankle, you might see things on an MRI. That don't show up on an x-ray in terms of you know musculature or
1: well, you're looking from yeah it's like you're looking at like the ligaments you're looking at the other the tendons, you're looking at other parts of you,
0: so essentially when I mean he gets wheeled off the cord to wheelchair, so it's not good, but then you go do the x-ray and there's no fracture, so you're looking at torn ligaments or. At the very least, a severe high ankle sprain.
1: I mean, you always have to be, you know, worry about the Achilles. I mean, it's right there.
0: So there's a lot of different possibilities. So we're looking at anything from a significant sprain to an Achilles, all of those things. And the fact that he was wheeled off the court in a wheelchair is never good. But John Morant is one of the young, bright lights in this league. He is a dude who, well, he's ferocious. He was fun in the NCAA tournament. He was fun in college. He was fun as a rookie. And you hate to see any of those guys go through anything that might rob them of some of their athleticism. So, truly, the one thing I can say right now that I hope is just best wishes to John Moran. I hope that things go well. Again, no fractures in the ankle. So, he left the game and they they... Termed it an ankle sprain. So. There's some know. possibility, but who knows by the time this is up.
1: I mean, it's so easy to roll your ankle. I mean, you're usually fine in a few days. Like, that's so normal, you know?
0: He was wheelchaired off the court.
1: Well, I mean, if you're protecting your asset, you want to be sure it's not something else before, I mean.
0: And I agree with that, but. The number of times I've seen guys exit an NBA court in a wheelchair is, I can count it on one hand, it's bad. So, hopefully, like you say, it was extremely precautionary. Because I just don't want to see the Grizzlies go through that. Especially given, they've they've had so much injury luck, bad injury luck, as it were. You don't want to see that. So, hopefully that goes well. I mentioned it a moment ago. (laughs) So coming into the season, I was super high on Luka Doncic's MVP. Coming into every NBA season, there's a narrative. And whether anyone wants to accept it or not, there's simply a narrative about who are the most likely people to be MVP. And it might be one guy, two guys, three guys. There's always a narrative. And Luka Doncic was at the top of that list. And then he was incredibly embarrassing for the first two games and he fell off everyone's list. And then they just beat the Clippers by 50. And the flip side of that is Paul George had been dragged all summer by me and everyone else. And then he cooked everyone for the first two games. And then he lost to the Mavericks by 50. Both of these two teams, I truly just don't know. Every time I think I have a handle on what's going on, I am completely proven wrong. And no matter how you gauge that in terms of wins, losses, whatever, it's not a good thing. The Clippers, Paul George came out after this game and essentially admitted, hey, you know, we saw our family over the weekend. We weren't really prepared for this game. So, the simple problem with that It's like very cool that they were honest, but the problem we've all had with the Clippers is is that they maybe didn't have the mental toughness that we all thought they did. And I understand that this is an early season game, blah, blah, etc., but every single time that the Clippers have been tested, they failed. And I have sat here, I literally, on this last podcast... Like, on my last episode, I fucking said that Ty Lu was a combination of, like, Greg Popovich and Doc Rivers and and Phil Jackson. Like, I gave the man all of the compliments that I could give. And then his team, like, comes out and isn't ready for a weekend game. And so, the frustration with the Clippers is they have all the talent in the front office, scouting, whatever. They have all the talent on the team. They have... A great coaching staff. And again, they're not ready. Paul George said it wasn't championship or bust in that last season as they choked to the Nuggets. And now it's not win or bust on the court. I just, I don't. I keep coming here and defending this team. And I keep coming here and praising this team and the things that they do. And they keep punching me in the fucking face and at a certain point it gets really annoying as hell to defend what goes on logically and then have them fail that and there's just no well they were hot you lost by 50 they were down by 50 at halftime there's no argument about, well, the other team was just hot. Everything was just going well for them. That's like, you were a fucking high school team. Right?
1: I was to say, You're like, laughing. That's embarrassing. It's a like, joke. Well, no, I'm thinking it's like that one, that one game that you bet on. I can't remember. What was it? Like a Chinese basketball game or something like right, that? Right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Like, so I have the pension for betting on a lot of international basketball. If you go on Bovada in the middle of the night, you can truly uh, middle of the night West Coast time, you can truly find a lot of international basketball. And <laughs> it's the game you're referencing another one you're talking about, but it was what, actually what, what a is, Qatar League game, not China. It was uh-oh. it was a Qatar League game, not China, but it was a minus 43 and a half spread. And you can't
1: so. Different
0: countries. How am I ever I, supposed I, to? No one is. No one's.
1: No one's. <laughs> I was like, no how, is how am I ever supposed to keep? I track? bet on.
0: I bet on the Chinese Basketball Association all the time. No one's judging you. I'm
1: like you bet on Australian. You're talking horse horses, of, so I'm like, like the things you gamble on. If are you're so going random.
0: to, if you're going to bet on horses, <laughs> if you're going to bet on horses, you want to bet on Australian horses, and I'm going to tell you why, just real quick. There's so much. American handicapping is really truly complicated and there's so many people involved. Horse racing in Australia is still as pure as it gets in terms of love for the sport. And you might be a person who says that we shouldn't race horses. Fine. I I'm not going to I'm not going to sit here and argue that. My point is if you're going to bet horses and you want information about good horse betting, you just I mean again, I you turn on Like Sky Sports Australia or Sky Sports Racing and you watch some of the – they just have so much information. And it's just not the same. There Again, it's so much good old boy bullshit in America and just quite honestly, a lot of dead air. And so, if you're going to bet horses – you should bet Australia We found that
1: one time over. I think we were in Laughlin and we were like... It's awesome. We had parameters and then we were going through and finding all the ones that met the certain standards. Horse like.
0: racing rules. The downsides of what happens to horses is awful. Oh my god. But if you think horses don't enjoy competition... Like humans enjoy competition. We all enjoy competition. So there needs to be a way to make horse racing more humane. And we'll find that in terms of the remaining sports news of the week i see a lot of people salivating over the cavaliers they're 3 and 0 and the magic are also 3 and O. and i am sort of salivating over the magic and i'm going to say two things about both those teams number one the cavs being 3 and 0 is very cool michael carter williams was also 3 and 0 with the 76ers in 2014 and he won rookie of the year where is Michael Carter Williams right now? Yeah. So there's that. But on the flip side, I said that the Magic would be a much better offensive team than anticipated and that Markel Fultz might really fit in well. Well, Fultz is averaging 20 points a game and they're 3-0. and It's a little difficult for me to sit here and say the Magic 3-0 and is valid while the Cavs 3-0 and is not. So from that perspective... I do think that the lack of training camp, the lack of preseason, is creating a slightly more even playing field than we expected. I do also think the fact that we saw so many guys progress in empty gyms. The bubble was phenomenal, but they were still empty gyms. There's no fans. The referees don't have... The pressure of 16,000 people screaming, it's just different. And so some of those step forwards that we took were not real. Specifically from the Jazz. Specifically from the Nuggets. I know a lot of people said the Suns would be that way. Not so much. The Suns also added Chris Paul and Jay Crowder. So you're talking about two significant veteran improvements. So, sure. Sure. There was probably going to be some regression from the 8-0 in the bubble. That's why you add two elite veterans. That's the difference. So there's been a lot of wins that were unexpected or close games that were unexpected. This is how it goes. But a few things I feel are significant trends that are not bullshit. Number one. Darius Garland and Colin Sexton are better than I gave them credit for. And that Cavs 3-0 start, as much as I would love to credit to Michael Carter-Williams bullshit, is not. Those two guys can play. And the Cavs, for all of the trash that we have given them over the last few years, might actually be on a better path than we thought. And given that LeBron left them for LA, that's pretty cool. We're going to need to see... But I picked them to win nothing this season, and they are clearly not garbage. That matters. The Magic, I said that they were going to be a lot better than people anticipated. I was literally the only person in the world that defended the Markel Fultz contract. I want that shit on record. Everyone else trashed the Markel Fultz contract. Oh, he's not this, blah, 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 blah. I know it's only three games. I don't care. If this works out and he continues scoring 20 a game, If he's a twenty-five and five player who doesn't have a three-point shot, you're paying a starting point guard who gets you twenty points less than fifteen million. Well, excuse me, the 76ers are playing paying Ben Simmons a fucking max to do the same thing. So I'm sorry, but that's not a bad contract. And I'm sorry that Markel Fultz is doing better than people anticipated. Maybe not in the way that people anticipated. But Steve Clifford is a better coach than people give him credit for. The Magic have years of chemistry, and no matter what we say about the Fultz and Isaac contracts, the situation is better than anyone gives him credit for. The one thing I said in the offseason that was sort of negative that I'm going to back up? The Lakers lost today because Montrez Harrell got roasted a whole lot by Portland guards who... Are getting roasted every game. I do not understand a scenario. There's no scenario in which Montrez Harrell is on the court for the Lakers in a game seven. It, it, there's none. He is a six, seven center. He cannot shoot from deep. So he can't play off a larger center. He cannot defend larger guys. He's been cooked repeatedly by larger guys. On a night like tonight, he can't defend smaller guys. I don't understand. The Lakers have a very specific goal. Winning fucking championships. You have a $9.7 million mid-level exception. Why would you spend it on a player that cannot play at the end of a Game 7 with you? I don't care how many times I say this. I don't understand it. And I don't understand why I'm the only person that sees the issue here. Serge Ibaka was the right answer. Maybe he was not available. That's fine. How does that make Montrez Harrell better? Just because you want to steal him from the Clippers? Like, for all of the reasons that people trash Montrez Harrell as a Clipper, those same people are now celebrating him as a Laker. It makes no sense. I need to stop making the same argument. Couple of notes on football. Dwayne Haskins cut by the Redskins. And then Booger McFarland went full Jason Whitlock and started talking about how Dwayne Haskins, and he said this, by the way. So I'm not, I'm not editorializing. You know, he said this. He says, and I'm going to go here, especially as a young black player. He basically says that young black players don't care about trying when they get to the league. And they only care about their brand and their platform. What the fuck? Wh- I don't... I just... I don't understand. Yeah, Dwayne Haskins hasn't played well. Yeah, he was caught partying maskless in a in a club. Whoa, what does that have to do with race? I just don't understand... Jason Whitlock, Booger McFarlane, some of these guys—they—they they are. I don't, maybe it's wrong for me to comment on this. I just don't understand how black commentators are saying. Well, the problem is that young black men don't care. They're repeating the kind of bullshit that Clay Travis says on Outkick. The fucking coverage. It makes no goddamn sense. And I just don't understand how ESPN and Fox Sports and all these people employ these guys who say such just horrendous things about young black men simply because they're black. And it's acceptable for them to say these things because Jason Whitlock and Booger McFarland are also black. It just, it makes literally no sense. It is embarrassing. It's disgusting. And the fact that I can see it, and these guys are still paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to "quote unquote" do their job, which is apparently embarrass everyone in their families. It sucks. Well, I
1: mean, Gronk, he was party like he loved to party too. Yeah. Like
0: like that's Yeah, no, Gronk is one of the biggest cre- his
1: yeah. entire career. He was with the, the biggest
0: party like No, exactly. Gronk's been a party boy his entire career. Where are the people coming out here being like, Well, Gronk has a white father and a white father hasn't blah 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 blah. No one th- they're all like, Oh, Gronk is a free spirit. Gronk just does his own thing. He's such a cool guy. Um, yeah, I it's love, racist. No, I love I'm Gronk. Like, I but no, I love Gronk. But, like, but then, the like, coverage of the... Gronk is racist as shit. Anything he does, any party shit he does, is fucking cool, and he's just such a cool guy, and he just doesn't take himself seriously, and blah blah blah. But if James Harden and Dwayne Haskins fuck up, then like we and I've I've mm, been taking oh, so well, I've taken James Harden to task. But like, if we're gonna sit here and trash people, it is true that like. Tom Brady in the summer practiced with guys when he wasn't supposed to. And that did not like cause a mega firestorm. Some people complained, but it didn't like cause people to come out and be like, Tom Brady is a terrible role model for young white men. If any black player or any black coach or anyone does anything, they're lambasted by Booger McFarland and Jason Whitlock, like, how do you... I just... I don't... They sit here and come on and say black culture is the problem. How, how, How is that a thing? I shouldn't be the person making this argument. And I hope that me making this argument doesn't offend anyone. But it's just... It's embarrassing to have to turn on ESPN and have to over and over and over hear conservative people sit here and blame race For, Because Dwayne Haskins hasn't thrown a football well. That's a problem of race. That's a ludicrous statement. That's a ludicrous fucking thing for anyone to say. And I don't understand why. Well, I just don't. Yeah, I just don't understand why Booger, Booger McFarlane specifically said. Young black men don't care about football. It's just so. It's well, just bullshit. It's, it's just generalizing bullshit. Generalizing people, be,
1: it's generalizing. And that's well, It's not just
0: bull, and it's just bullshit. It's just bullshit. I, it's just it's just bullshit. It
1: it's, it's individual, like players, like you know, like sure, I'm sure there are some players, regardless of race, white and black, that maybe don't yeah. give their all and don't care. Well, this is but the thing. It, Johnny
0: Manziel did cocaine and scrubbed out of the league and nobody sat here and was like, well, white fathers don't care about young white men. It's, every time a black person does something wrong, it's because they're black in the eyes of these people.
1: You can't generalize based on race. It's just,
0: it's just. it's just
1: wrong. It's wrong.
0: Well, it's just upsetting. And it just. I didn't even intend to, like, go in on this. I just don't understand these guys. Anyway. Made my picks over the weekend. I was one and two. Wasn't a really hot weekend for me. I'm a street gambler. One thing I wanted to talk about was street gambling. We're going to go into that and do another episode. Talk about gambling in general. I was really excited about the Bucks play this weekend. Some people trashed me. Oh, they're playing... The Lions without Stafford. You can only play as in front of you. And when Tom Brady has been missing some throws all season because he doesn't have timing with his guys, and then he's suddenly hitting his throws, that's exciting for me. And I think Tampa Bay is going to be better in the playoffs than people expect.
1: Always believe in Brady. So
0: Always believe in Brady. I
1: mean, that's why, like, you know, I believe in LeBron, too. I believe in the legends. Like when You were was, the one who, yeah, the last season, you were
0: the one who told me that the Lakers are still going to win with LeBron. I'll give you that. You were the one who said it.
1: I have faith in the greats like that. Like
0: You do. I'll give you that. You're because, very correct. Uh,
1: just we, because we've been watching them for, together for a decade now that I've been watching. They've been playing before that. Like It's true. And over that decade, we've seen them do amazing and human things. Very like, true. And so it's just it's hard that after seeing them play that incredibly to just not have some faith in them, you know?
0: No, I, you're right. I was the one who doubted. And I was proven wrong. And by the way, I have no problem being proven wrong. And if I'm going to be proven wrong by anyone, I'd be glad it was you.
1: Love
0: you. Love you too. <laughs> So, switching from the negative gears to the positive gears, I'm going to introduce a new segment called I Don't Have a Fucking Clue. There's no names for the segments on the show, but <laughs> what's true? You've you listened to every episode. Not have TV I named Watch. a segment? Well, have I named a segment yet? No. No, I haven't. Not really. No, there have been no names.
1: Maybe stay a little bit with your rant. Come in. Rant of the day.
0: Join me. Come closer. Let's talk. So.
1: Am I too far back? (laughs) I don't know. I didn't know if that was like literal or not.
0: You seem very relaxed.
1: Well, it's very cold. Very cold.
0: Very cold
1: with the ghost. They're
0: snuggling the dog.
1: Oh, yes. Because she's warm.
0: (laughs) Our dog is like a eating pad. She is. 90 Day Fiancé is a show about people who think it is a good idea to invite a person from another country to the United States and then marry them within 90 days. They are...
1: Because it's a K-1 visa. Right.
0: Anyone who is unfamiliar, there's a particular visa that allows people to enter the United States. They have to be married within 90 days or they have to leave the country. So that is essentially... The premise of this show is people who are participating in this process. There are other versions, you know, the other people way. right, people who are moving out of the country before they get the visa.
1: Yeah, and, and then there's also like what the happily ever after, which is like after they're already here, and there's lots of spinoffs. It's really fun,
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: because it's good. You were the one who introduced us to it.
0: Well, I watched...
1: The Other Way, right?
0: No, Before the 90 Days.
1: Oh, that's the one, yeah. Yeah. And that's why The Other Way exists now, because of Paul and Kearney.
0: Right, yeah. No, I first watched Before the 90 Days, and then, well, I didn't know. We had never seen any of it, and I just like stumbled across it one day.
1: And then you had to show all of us people getting robbed by machete.
0: Right. (laughs) Well, that was the first season I saw of anything. Literally on one of the episodes of Before the 90 Days they were in Manaus, Brazil. And... (laughs) One of the girls was just standing in a park with a cell phone and a guy ran up with a machete and... Robbed her and other people, and then ran away. I don't really have any more commentary for that. Like,
1: you hear gunshots, and the next scene she's got her phone back.
0: Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> the like cops show up, and then there's a bunch of gunshots, and then suddenly she has her phone back. So that was really dark. <laughs> that was that's how I was introduced to the show.
1: It was, like, drama. (laughs) You couldn't look away.
0: Well, so from then I've watched every episode.
1: You've gotten
0: me hooked on it. Well, it's... It's so good. It's just very interesting. And this was the same thing with Big Brother. It's just very interesting to watch any number of people forced into a relationship (laughs) that they cannot, like, escape from. Whatever that relationship may be. In the case of Big Brother, obviously they're not typically, I mean, some people date, but 16 people, not everyone is dating, but they're still living in the house. Married at first sight, marry strangers together, many of whom are not attracted to each other. This is very funny. This takes people who met each other online and think, oh, real life will be the same, and it isn't. This is very funny to watch these people fail their various relationships because they just don't take things seriously,
1: well, they just don't live in reality either like they 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 think that being like talking to someone on the phone multiple times a day is the same as being with them in person all day long and like being in in their space and it just it's it's not i'm mean, it's not well it's
0: and not the primary and the primary difference just comes from like. If you've never been around the world, you have literally no idea what these various cultures are like. And (laughs) well, Americans just don't. Americans just have no concept of what life is like outside of America.
1: And that's the educational part of the show that actually like has value is that it does show other cultures. Like it, it, well, it's broadened my horizons, and I look things up. Like, because they yeah. talk about them in the show. Like,
0: and on the flip side of that, it's like everyone who comes to this country thinks that everything about America is Los Angeles, Las Vegas, and New York.
1: That's what they see in the movies.
0: Yeah, I, well, they always. It's amazing how many people actually mention the movies. It, it, I actually thought that that was going to be like a cliche that no one actually did, but like that gets mentioned. Well, I thought it was Las Vegas that gets mentioned. All the time.
1: To be fair, the majority of times has been mentioned has been when it's someone coming from the Philippines, like overwhelming. Like it's if you if you pay attention, it's it's usually someone from the it's multiple people from the Philippines, like the girls that come over. They think it's it's what they see in the movies. They're expecting to see Hollywood when they get to. Like,
0: I mean, it's just. I mean, yeah, it's it's so many people. Like they have been. Well, and also the show. For whatever reason, like, there's a lot of people from Colombia. There's a lot of people from the Philippines. There's a lot of people from Ukraine. Like, very clearly, there are certain countries that have more, they have, like, I guess, friendlier policies about marrying and all these things.
1: More aggressive dating services.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, but whatever, whatever the case may be, like, there are certain countries that seem to, like, you're more likely to get a visa if you're from this country. Yeah. And the Philippines is one of those countries. Ukraine is one of those countries. Colombia seems to be one of those countries. There, it's a lot of very specific, like. Jamaica. Yeah. 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 Jamaica.
1: Jamaica's had a number.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of, uh, Nigeria. There's, there's a lot of very specific. It's interesting how, I mean, there are people from, all over the world, really, at different times. But yeah. there are six, seven, eight countries where there's always someone from, you know, there, there's there been, yeah. there was a person, there were a couple of people from England. There was Jihoon from South Korea. There's, it's all over the world, but there seem to be certain countries that are at least there, that lend themselves more to the visa process that are easier to get through at the very least. Because, like, they just – they're on the show more often, those countries. It's just very yeah. interesting to see, like – and you learn a lot about those countries, like, admittedly, it's through a, you know, bullshit lens of a TV show camera. But it's still interesting to see things that you might never would have – you just wouldn't have otherwise thought some of – you we just <laughs> – You'd be surprised. Well, you Some don't of think about, you,
1: like, how other people live. Like, okay, like... I've traveled
0: around the world, and I don't think about it, so...
1: Well, right, like... Americans
0: like, are jerks, myself included.
1: Like, the shower that's, like, just a bucket. And you realize, oh my gosh, they don't even have running water in here for a shower. Right. And it's just like a... And to that, them, that's
0: not even an issue.
1: And to be honest, it makes me feel grateful. Right, Like, it makes me grateful for, like, you know, like, sometimes I'll take the life we have for granted. Like, oh, gosh, things aren't perfect here. Like, you know, something falls apart. but And then I see that and I'm like, you know what? My life, not so bad. Yeah. Because you know what? I can take a hot shower when I want.
0: Yeah. It really does make you, and it also, you know, it makes you respect these people when, you know, they're, they have real problems. And I'm sort of sitting here like, you know. My soda isn't cold enough. You know, like, you know, like, just these chicken tenders are too dry. Like, you know, just, you just, you watch these things and you realize, oh, well, you know, all my problems are bullshit. And these people are actually, you know, when, um, uh, I can't remember their name from the other way last season. She's having a baby in Nigeria and she's concerned about, you know, the, the Ethiopia. The hospital. They're, Ethiopia. You're right. And they're concerned about the hospital. Well, it turns out the hospital is fantastic. Because she didn't know they had a neonatal ICU. They had all these different facilities that she didn't know about. But the problem was... They had a lot she, more
1: amenities than she thought they would have. But it was the, it was the bedside manner of the doctors that was... The the, well, it and was the different. No, no,
0: but the real problem was and, that she didn't do any research on the country. Right. She moved to this country... She moved to a country and thought they wouldn't even have proper medical facilities for her to have birth. Now, number one, it's ignorant to think that. But number two, how are you going to move to a country and also while moving there believe that they don't have proper facilities? Like, it's stupid to believe that about a country. Obviously, like we as Americans just believe that we have a monopoly on everything that is modern. And that's just not the case. So it's ignorant, number one, to assume that they would have no medical facilities. But number two, let's assume that you made that assumption or that you believed that. You still went there with your child. So
1: Your unborn child. Like, you went there to have the baby. like but,
0: And but, she also was not accustomed to the culture. She pays no attention to what goes well, on. See,
1: that's something I don't understand. Is someone is, you're about to, you're, like, literally within a month of giving birth, and you are going somewhere, and you don't know how it's going to be, like... I just, I can't, I can't imagine being in that situation because I know I, like, I understand the mentality of, oh, she wanted, um, what's his, I can't remember. It's so Binyam. Funny. Yeah. She wanted him to be there and have that moment. And I totally understand that. I really do. Cause like, you know, we're in that moment. I'd want you to be there. But on the flip side, if it was you being there or the safety and health of my child of anything going wrong and having just modern medicine, like to the same extent as we do in America available at the ready. I don't think I I personally wouldn't compromise that. I would put the baby first in that the baby's not going to remember you being there or not. And I understand that's an important moment, but if it's like, you don't know necessarily like what it's going to be like in the, you don't know the culture. Well, and she paid
0: no attention to the culture. She paid no attention to what was going on. I mean, this is the problem. You can't move to another country and not do any research about, you know, how they live, what the religion is. She doesn't pay attention to any of those things, and that that overall is the problem. But that's not even this season. Well, so right. I mean,
1: was just because it, it led to her being very uncomfortable about like both the circumcision and things happened that she regretted. Because she didn't pay attention to the culture beforehand, they didn't listen to her as a woman. They listened to the father because that's the culture.
0: Right. Again, she didn't do the research on the culture at all. She just moved to a country and thought that everything would be exactly as the same as it was in America, and that's not how it works.
1: And that's an assumption with a lot of.
0: Well, a Americans lot, yeah. All of these Ameri- and yeah,
1: and all of these people
0: just think that. They can well and they all say it too, Well, I'm an American and we both well no one gives a shit about the fact that you're a fucking That's American.
1: Ignorance. Yeah, that was uh What's Her Face's dad whenever they were. You're gonna really the need to whenever. you're gonna
0: really need to get names <laughs> American. <better kid. laughs> you're saying she and what's her face and they you're gonna really nail you're gonna have to nail these names. Oh down. my
1: gosh. Andre and what and his wife. No, we're not and even. That's remember. not even this season. I know at, it was her dad that was in Moldova. Honey, like, you're
0: you're out of season. Her <laughs> what's his name? His dad. Her what's her? Her what's her name's dad? It was in the previous. You're you're out of. So let's dive into this season. No, we need to we need to dive into this season because we're we're out of our depth talking about previous seasons. <laughs> we don't even know you their can't name.
1: Remember, there's so many. There's there are so a lot many. of
0: people, but you can't say what's their name because.
1: I remember her husband's name.
0: Andre and what's her name? That's your...
1: <laughs> well, because of the way she said it. <laughs> Elizabeth. That was her name. Right? That was Elizabeth. Yeah.
0: So anyway, this season of the show we're actually watching, Jovi and Yara, go.
1: Oh, I mean... Okay. Their situation, the way it started, like, he asked her to marry him because she was pregnant. Right. Then she lost the baby.
0: And now they don't even like each other.
1: Well, they're both self-centered. Right. They're both self-centered individuals and can only see themselves. And they don't like each other. Well, she doesn't she called him fat already like
0: they like sleeping together they don't like each other
1: she's well she's starting to like not be attracted to him like i don't understand why she decided to move because she doesn't like him she's like
0: they don't like each other
1: no they don't. okay they don't like each other <laughs> god <laughs> well you want my opinion so you're just gonna keep no going? no
0: i just no i'm just saying no i'm saying that i agree with you on everything that you say And I agree that everything you're saying is correct because they don't like each other. No, I'm just agreeing with you.
1: (laughs) Like, she's... She's really self-centered.
0: Yep. So is he.
1: So, from the moment she got there, she complained about stuff. Yep. And so, I, I can understand his perspective of he went... He's in New Orleans, and even, like, they went... This episode, they went to a store... And even the, the person working in the store was like, oh, that's a really nice neighborhood. And she didn't even, like, Yara didn't even, like, realize that. She didn't even, like, care, because, because she doesn't realize, she doesn't know New Orleans, like, that's, that's fine. But, like, this, this kid, yeah, he's from the Bayou. He's, he's got a little bit of, like, you know, deep south in him.
0: Joey, Joey,
1: Yeah. And... I like she I liked his mom a lot, but he like I do see that he went to he took a lot of like he got the apartment he took he w- he took all the necessary measures, and all she's done is complain and right. say it's ugly, and she called the apartment shit like twenty billion times and it's like. Hun, can can't you just be grateful like you're No, here she's not grateful
0: about anything. She can't. He takes her shopping. She doesn't care about and anything. And like she that. has to have everything her way. But and he... I'm,
1: he I'm, on, I'm on his side in the beginning. And then they go to that store.
0: Well, but he's... <laughs> yeah, he's just... His personality is also terrible. And he doesn't, like... Well, he just... He has no patience for anything, ever, at any point. And, like... I would feel his same frustration... If like, I went out of my way to set up this apartment and she didn't care. Like that, that would annoy me too. But also like, I guess I just don't understand what some of these guys think when you're like, when you say to someone, I'll take you shopping and you can buy anything you want. And then they expect that. Like, I don't understand what you thought. Like, he literally told her multiple times she could furnish the apartment with anything she wanted. And then he's like, I hate all the things you like. I just...
1: Well, I mean, I it's just, funny because that's what she did, but...
0: Well, but he also furnished it without asking her. Like, like she's a jerk, but he also did the opposite of everything he said he would do. And so I just don't understand what he thought was going to occur. And it's just, these two should not be together.
1: Well, right, because he's, he, well, he's thinking like kid from the bayou, hey, be grateful for what you're, you know, he's thinking girls like that because there are a lot of girls like that that would just be grateful that he's done that. Yara's not one of those girls. She likes things differently. And it's true. You say, I'm going to buy you anything you want. You don't get to then go to the store and then be like, well, I don't want that rug. I've decided I don't want that rug. Well, you told me I could get a rug that I want. We've got two rugs in the apartment. One of them can be mine. That's a fair argument. And he makes the fair argument of, hey, it's in, it's in. Well, he said, it's in my apartment. I should like it. And that was, that was the death note. They're like the, the critical, like he there is the second he said it about it being his apartment was like, ooh, that was, good.
0: that was the end of, of them really.
1: Well, I, I would have reacted the exact same way as I would have been like, all right, I'm getting nothing. And I would have left the store. I mean,
0: like I would have, ex-
1: like as much as I hate her, I would, if I, that was me, i done the same thing.
0: Natalie yeah. and Mike, what do you think?
1: Natalie
0: and Mike. I like Mike. I don't like Natalie. Oh,
1: man. That's just
0: really it. I think she's a bitch. I I love Mike. I think
1: he's like a great guy. He's just, he's a hardworking, nice guy. I just, I don't
0: like her at all. Like, just honestly, like, I just, I don't, don't she's a jerk. Like, I just, I don't understand. She's obsessed with her religion. And she knows Mike's not religious, but she's obsessed with the idea of converting him. I just I don't like Natalie. Just I don't that I don't know. That hasn't even to say. come up
1: this season, surprisingly.
0: Well yeah, just because she's too busy complaining about everything well, else. Right.
1: She's too busy trying she won't bring it up. It because looks like
0: a horror movie. It's so cold. I don't like the small town. Well, okay. Then like- don't move here.
1: Oh, and then French toast. It's not healthy. And then she sits there and peels herself a carrot in the slowest way possible. Oh like, my go god. Go fuck
0: yourself. Like I just she sucks. Like
1: I understand it's difficult coming to a new country. Your entire like it's. it's she not didn't what,
0: even ask him. It's not what she, she just did. called him one day and was like, "Hey, I'm coming."
1: Well, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, okay, so like the end of last season, it ends with her giving him the ring back out of anger, and then she like, yeah, she goes to the airport and like tells him bye and stuff. But it's like then he said that started this season they hadn't talked in months. Like, and then she's
0: constantly like, "Why don't I have my ring back? Why don't I have my ring back? Because you're awful." She's awful. I want them to break up.
1: Well, yeah. I want
0: like, I want them to break up. I want Uncle Bo to move back in and yeah. I I want her to go away. I hate her. Tariq and Hazel.
1: Tariq and Hazel. I'm happy for him. I mean, I think that they're going to have I mean, they're they it's complicated. It's complicated now that they're, they're having the whole three-way relationship like I that's you know, I'm like I'm totally like I I don't have a problem with it. I just think it's going to create problems for them because I don't think he's as cool with it as he's acting like.
0: He's definitely not as cool with it as he says he is. Like, he tries to act like, oh, I'm so cool. I have two women. But it's very obvious that it makes him, like, more uncomfortable than he would ever want to admit. Like, just truthfully.
1: Yeah. It's, I just think that he gets too emotionally attached. And but I'm glad that she's finally, like, back and, like. Like not that, like here, like in America, and they can like have a chance.
0: I still don't believe her. I don't know why. Like, she seems just so like you know the uh, Andrew and Amira, the ones like I don't believe Andrew. Like Andrew's a psycho to me. Like Andrew. the the French girl in... oh, I hate man. Andrew. I think oh, he's right. a I think he's a crazy psycho liar. And I just sort of get that feeling from Hazel sometimes. I just don't, I don't know, like, maybe I just misreading her, but she's so, like, takes her three seconds to answer every question. She's like, has to calculate the answer.
1: I have a mixed feeling. I don't know. I don't know about them. Like, I don't know. I don't know. He, he seems like he's, like, crazy controlling. He keeps rapping. Wait, who? <laughs> he
0: keeps rapping in public. Like, who? Turek. Sorry.
1: Oh, I thought you were talking about
0: Andrew and me. No, sorry. <laughs> no. no, no. I said Hazel's a liar, not Amir. You gotta, I'm jumping around. You gotta keep up with my jumping <laughs> around.
1: Hazel does seem like a liar.
0: That's what I'm saying. Hazel's a liar, and Treat keeps rap- rapping in public.
1: But she's gonna be so pissed off whenever he finally does to be like, "Oh yeah, I reached out." She's gonna be pissed.
0: But of all the things to, I mean, like.
1: I don't care. You're loyal to me first. You break my trust to talk to someone else. I don't care.
0: If we had been in a three-way relationship with another woman, there's a significant difference, especially during a pandemic in a third-world country. He literally reached out to ask if she she was okay. And also... That's what he says. Okay, fine. If that turns out to not be true, then I'm going to give you that one. But I don't think that... Making sure someone isn't dead during a pandemic is, like, an evil thing inherently. I just don't, I don't feel know, that it's way. It's
1: not an evil thing, but it's also kind of like, okay, well, if we're going to do this again, like, you can't get that attached to every random girlfriend that we date like i I don't
0: know they were in a three-way relationship and one day hazel ended it and said he was never allowed to talk to her again without specific reasoning why save for he thinks that she thought they were too close how is that random like like she just made that decision one day unilaterally with i'm not saying they should be whatever but i'm just saying like hey Did you die or did you live? I don't really feel like that's like an evil question to ask. No, it's not evil. Like I think we've reached I think we've reached a point where like like there should you should be able to like check in on the physical safety of a person without the assumption of an affair. I think that's reasonable. Like, well, especially in this situation, like they were in a three way relationship with someone. Why isn't she checking on the girl? Like, that's my question. Like, all the question is, why would Trig do that? Why isn't she checking? You don't care about people you've known. Like, I, I just, I guess I just don't understand. Like, if you, if you had an ex-boyfriend who was in, like, a very precarious situation in relation to disease and you were checking on them, I don't think I would be angry about Like the disease aspect of it. That's, that's the thing for me is in a worldwide pandemic, even though we lived through the swine through swine flu of 2010, nothing like this has ever occurred before. And I just think maybe you had too many drinks one night and you just of all the forgivable things, are you alive? I think is pretty forgivable, especially given her control issues. Like she's a little nutty.
1: Yeah, she is. But, I mean, I think you have to be to date someone who raps like
0: that. He's not a good rapper. He's, so good. he's not good. He doesn't know how to, like, enunciate his words. He, like... I don't, I don't even He know. matches his voice to, like, the boombox that he's holding <laughs> up. But the boombox is his cell phone. I hate Stephanie and Ryan. I don't even want to talk about them. Aside from the fact that Stephanie got a fake tarot card reading. <laughs>
1: Dude. It was just... That woman was scamming her. Like, she was just... And that's so her friend. Mani- it was so manipulative. Like, anyone who knows... Like, those are basic... That's a basic tarot deck. Like, that's basic stuff. Like, there's no way to interpret that as, oh, multiple... It's what our. That woman read her cards wrong. It's just, it is what it is. She
0: didn't read them wrong. She just lied to her friend.
1: Right, because she just wanted to put in her friend's head that he must be cheating on her. And what kind of friend does that? Like, who does that? Especially
0: when she knows that... Well, I guess she didn't know. Stephanie was the one who cheated, for sure.
1: Right. She's
0: all... She was on a three-way phone call with other women, so I fucked his cousin. Yeah. Do you feel like that was a reasonable response, you psych... Like... I just, I'm so sorry, but I. His cousin, I, though, his cousin. No, but so often on these shows, it's like, well, I found a text message. So I fucked someone. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, but your that? text messages don't compare to fucking someone. Like, the this stuff drives me nuts when I hear, like, these people are like, well, I read a text message that was suggestive. So I slept with his best friend. But I would never have done that if he didn't send a slightly suggestive text message to someone that I don't know. That's not a reasonable argument. I don't care what the gender is. They both, it's, it's, that's a gender. Both people do that. It's just so obnoxious. Like, don't be in a relationship if you're going to jump in bed with someone else every single second that something goes wrong or be in a relationship on television so that I can hate you for it.
1: Well, if you're going to. But also, if you're going to sleep with somebody else... And the cousin? Dude, don't fuck family! Like...
0: His you, cousin.
1: You can't come back from that. His cousin. You separate them from their family member forever.
0: His cousin. And his cousin, from the way that she was telling the story, like begged for it. Which is just... Someone's going to die there. Brandon and Julia, farm couple.
1: <laughs> They're breaking oh, up.
0: Andrew and Amira. (laughs) Amira gets detained. So she's flying from... So this dude, Andrew and Amira. This guy's an American. She's French.
1: He's trying so hard to come off as charming.
0: So cool. Oh, I run a... I run a child daycare out of my mother's home. Yeah, with my mom. I'm such a classy individual. He dresses
1: up as a prince first thing. His jacket is a dinosaur. I'm
0: such a man that every woman would ever want. And he's just presenting himself as so incredible. And then he forces his girlfriend to fly from France to Mexico because he read on the internet that there's a secret way that he can get her into the United States.
1: If a th- he can break the travel ban. Yeah, like, it's, stay it's stay during the Mexico travel
0: ban of 2020 if they just stay during the quarantine. He's not even going to drive her over. He just thinks he can fly her in. So, of course, in this latest episode, she got detained. Shocker. He couldn't figure out why, during a worldwide pandemic, she wasn't allowed to fly to another country on a one-way ticket and go to a beach hotel. <laughs> If we were sitting here like, <laughs> what could have gone wrong? Why in the world would they have detained like, her? Like, does she
1: have COVID? Do they think she's a terrorist? This oh. like, what is the,
0: well, because no. she's she's Egyptian, is there some bullshit about whatever? Like, why would they? And then we come up with it, and it's like, oh, she flew out a one-way ticket from one country to another, then told them that she intended to enter the United States and break the travel ban. Like, of course they fucking detained her. Well, like, she
1: just told them the truth, and... The truth was the problem.
0: Yeah, (laughs) I just, it's... it's, My
1: American fiancé told me to come here on this one. Yeah,
0: he's the idiot. Like, he told her, he's like, yeah, no, it's no problem. I know that you're French and you're flying to Mexico on a one-way ticket, and then you have a one-way ticket to America. But surely, nothing could, like, just the lack of... And you're going to tell me
1: that in a few months, like... Like, here's the thing. During this time, you got the visa during the travel ban. You're going to tell me it's not going to get extended? Like, those, these are extenuating circumstances.
0: It may not, but even then, well, what then is the point of getting... Bullet dodged for her. Well, Yeah, bullet dodged for her. Like, <laughs> he got her detained in another country. Like, if that doesn't break you up, I don't really know what... what like, he literally said to her... Inside to the camera. Well, I read on the internet,
1: on <laughs> um, chat room. Yeah, I, I, well, I read room. on. I was on
0: forums, and I read on multiple forums. Like,
1: like, really, no one's ever lied on Reddit. Yeah, no, no one. <laughs> yeah, no
0: one's ever. I just, I can't even. I, I just can't contemplate the idea that this guy was like, well, I've read the law, but Hot Meat eighty nine, which is an inside joke for anyone who knows who Hot Meat eighty nine is. Best Tumblr account ever. Anyway, <laughs> this guy said it'll be fine. Like, come on. You literally are buying this woman two one way tickets into the United States. In what world is that ever post 911? If you're buying a one way ticket, they're, in, they're just automatically, are you a terrorist? It doesn't matter who you are. If you buy a one way ticket, they're just like questioning it. She bought two one way tickets. And it's all this guy's fault. This Andrew douchebag, it's all his fault. He fucked this woman's life up.
1: This poor sweet girl.
0: She's so nice. She's such a nice person. And she even, like, admitted to her father that he's, like, emotionally abusing her.
1: She's like, oh, well, it's nothing. Well, I mean, that's just... I,
0: I, I, I hate that guy, and I just really hope that that woman finds someone better. He's the worst. He's, like, one of the worst people we've seen on all the seasons. He's, like... He sucks.
1: Well, he's, like, a secret serial killer or something. Like, <laughs> he's got, like, that vibe. You know what he I really mean?
0: He really does. Like, in his, he's, his he's, beard he's, is weird.
1: He feels... He's just... He's hiding some kind of rage beneath him that's, like, scary.
0: Well, like, especially when you hear his version of events versus her version of events to her father. <laughs> no, no, there, he's like, we're so excited to see each other. And then she's like, he's pressuring me to go and tells me I don't love him if I don't go. <laughs> okay. That's like significantly different from what he told me. And I'm going to guess that when she's crying and bawling her eyes out to her father, she's probably telling the truth rather than when he's sitting there with his eyes open looking at the camera like Dennis in the Making a Murder <laughs> episode of Always Sunny being like, yes, everything was fine. Like, I I hate that guy. And I just really hope, like, I almost hope they just send her back to France so that she'll just find someone else. Like, fuck that dude. He's just, he's not, like, talk about Reacher and Settler. Like, that guy's so ugly for her. I'm not trying to body shame here, but, like, he's a straight white male who tried to avoid government bans because he wanted to get laid. Fuck that guy. Like, just fuck him.
1: Well, and she's, like... Okay, like, just reality. Jeez, sweetheart. She's sweetheart. She's super model skinny. And he's...
0: Not, no, he's just
1: not. He's just not. No,
0: he looked like Colt.
1: He's, no, he's bigger than Colt. Bigger Col- than Colt.
0: Colt is my man. One day uh, we'll talk and, about and Colt. He,
1: well, like, he's worked really hard, like, on his weight and stuff. Like, but even Colt at his biggest, this guy's a little bit bigger than Colt at his biggest.
0: I also... His eyebrows are so shaped. Yeah. Definitely. I don't know what that means. I have no problem his, with it. His mother just...
1: holds a stencil over. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't... I don't... It just... His eyebrows are so shaped. It just... It's not bad, necessarily. It's just...
1: Manscaping.
0: No, but it's beyond manscaping. It's like... He looks like a GTA character. Like His eyebrows <laughs> are just so... Shaped. Like, I just don't trust him. I don't know. Like, <laughs> there's
1: something about the look in his
0: eye. Well, here's the thing. If your eyebrows are so shaped because you kept chopping them because you had, and you drew them in with a pencil, that expresses a level of anxiety and self loathing that I can completely get behind. Well, I
1: mean, but if
0: you just, like, Anthony Davis grow your eyebrows out to the point that it looks like that's your entire facial hair, and then you chop it down, I kind of think you're a narcissist. And I'm not trying to slam Anthony Davis, but Anthony Davis is a narcissist. And this dude is a narcissist without having a championship ring for the Lakers. And that's the difference. Now, you may look at that girl and say, she's my championship ring for the Lakers, sure. But only because you emotionally abused her into flying into a country that she was then detained in. Now, we may find out what happens next week. Well, not May. We will, because we're we'll watching. <laughs> but
1: I hate that guy. No, yeah, I'm with you. He, he's, there, he's, he's, I don't know, there's something creepy about him. There's there's some creepy vibe.
0: Here's the thing. Here's my thing about that guy. If it came out that it, he murdered five people, I'd be like, it wasn't six? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. That's how I feel about him.
1: Or if there were, like, multiple child accountings of...
0: I'd Stuff be like, you made multiple dozens. I'm
1: like,
0: I buy that. Dude, I'm sorry, but the whole, like, Raffi, the child singer, we're all like, oh, it's so great. He doesn't have kids. I hate to be weird. I'm I'm like, i like, no, please, why are you hating on Raffi now? I love Raffi. I
1: know. I'm like, no, don't hate on Raffi.
0: But it's so weird to be like, I love children so much. I have to invite them into my mother's home and import a woman from another continent. Well, <laughs> like, I'm just it's saying. Not, at
1: least it's not like daddy and we're gonna girl. We're going to get sued
0: so hard <laughs> over what we're saying here. Rebecca and Zied. I oh, hold on. Let me comment for you. <laughs> okay, go ahead.
1: About Rebecca and Zied?
0: Yeah, they're goofy as hell. Okay. She there's okay,
1: okay, the amount of. Things that she has their photos on is absurd. I mean, she must be Shutterfly's biggest customer. Oh,
0: come on. They're hey, goofy hey. as hell. She, like, I investigates him as a, as a private detective. Now she runs a chicken shop.
1: <laughs> I know, but I Like, the
0: job is fine, I but it's just... them, though. No, but oh, I do it's them. just so funny. Like, come on. Like, in, at first, she's like, I'm a private investigator, and me and my private investigator friends are private investigating my boyfriend, and his sister hates me, but we'll figure out a way. And then we come back this season, and she's like, I live with my daughter, and I cook chicken. <laughs> like, it's it's just a very different, the, it's a yeah, very the, different vibe from the previous seasons. The
1: moving, the having to live with her daughter thing, it's, I... It,
0: <sighs> I'm not judging, no, I'm not judging for that. I'm just saying, like... Before she presented herself in a certain way, and it just, it just, all of these people go out of their way to make their lives look as phenomenal as possible when it's just like, dude, our lives also suck. It's 2020. It's okay to be real with me about how garbage it is. I'm doing, we're, we're <laughs> it's 2020, man. Like, it's fine. And it's just funny to me when people are trying to be like, well, I live on the isle of the whatever. And it's just, you know. They're
1: sugarcoating their lives.
0: Yeah, exactly. And it's just, like, it's okay. Like, I just, I love people who are real about, hey, things suck right now. And I do feel like these two always.
1: But can I, like, I actually, like, I hope it, like, Okay.
0: I don't want like, ill for them, by the way. No,
1: I like that's what I'm saying. Like I want them to work out because, like she said, that this is her last chance at love because she just doesn't have it in her to try again. And you know what? I, I feel for her, like I, I, I really do because I, I, I guess I see her as like my mom, you know, the single mom of just. So, but this woman, she wants love so bad, and I just, I just can't. I want her. them to succeed. I can't fault her for wanting to find someone who actually loves her, and. To be fair, I think Zia does. And no, he, I agree. And he looks so much better with his haircut.
0: He really does.
1: Like he's he's Some people inf- look
0: good with the long hair, some people look good with the short he's hair. He does more not attractive. look good with, yeah, absolutely. It no, makes no, him look agree.
1: much slimmer. I was like, oh, he's lost weight. Then they showed full body <laughs> I was like, Okay, he's not lost weight. <laughs> he's
0: just comes hair.
1: <laughs> but he does look skinnier with the haircut. From the from the neck up.
0: I hope. I mean, it's just this like, season That's why is... he
1: couldn't fault her for not being young in those photos. It's no, I, he was...
0: it's true. I Here's my thing. Jovi and Yara need to break up. Mike and Natalie need to break up. Tariq and Hazel, they're fine. Stephanie and Ryan need to break up. Brandon and Julia. Our we never- joked about them. They Julia is a city girl from Russia. She's not going to make it on a Virginia farm. Brandon... Can't even move out of his parents' house. This stuff, they need to break up. Can
1: I just say one thing about and Andrew that? and
0: Amir need to break up. Rebecca and Zied can make it. So we got two company, two couples this season that should make it. Tariq and Hazel and Rebecca and Zied. And other than that, everyone else should fuck off and break up.
1: Can I say one thing about Brandon and Julia?
0: If his parents weren't around, they'd be fine.
1: No, I was gonna say. I actually, I like, I understand his parents. I understand their point of view. I don't agree with it, but I understand it, and I can understand they're respecting it. I'm looking at it from a practical point of view of you got to have money to live off of. They're trying to hand down a farm, a business. Like, dude, like that's my dream. I'm like, I'm thinking she's looking a gift horse in the mouth kind of thing. Like, she's like, oh, this is horrible. I don't want to work on a farm. Honey, he told you he had a farm. He told you that's what it was going to be.
0: There's literally no way to explain to a person from the cities in Europe what farm life in Virginia is like. And I'm just stating that from experience of spending time in Europe. The chameleon. They'll teach you how to eat the chameleon. They had crickets in their kitchen.
1: Well, I'm thinking of I literally literally set for my sister I literally, the lizard set.
0: I literally am at the airport going home. <laughs> I'm so not even there. What did I do when you showed me that? I went home.
1: I, know, I left. I know. Cause I, I left. I, I, had to give, I had to get cockroaches for I'm the... I'm literally going it. home. It's, yeah. My nephew's bearded dragon.
0: Julia sucks, and I'm literally going home. I'm so on her side.
1: Where's <laughs> where I'm... Where's where I'm like, dude, that's the dream. I love this farm. That's what I want. Not the dog breeding part. Because that. I, just, I, just, I get too emotionally attached to my animal. I would never actually want to have a livestock farm.
0: And before she goes <laughs> off into a full scale farming rant. Well it's 3
1: o'clock in the morning. What did you expect?
0: That is the Blunt Doctor show. On a Monday. Crossing many subjects. <laughs> Bye.